Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. We got a great podcast ahead of the Broncos Chiefs game, of course, tonight. Uh, first of all, at the tail end of this podcast, you are going to hear a interview with Brian Billick. Coach Brian Billick, you know the name, the former uh, coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, somebody who was very close to Vic Fangio and He's going to talk a little bit about Vic Fangio, talk a little bit about the NFL and um, the officiating 17 games into the season and how you stop Patrick Mahomes, all that good stuff. So uh, you're going to hear from that. You're also going to hear the keys to the game. And then on top of that, well, what this win or loss could mean for the Denver Broncos. So we'll get into that. And I say we because Zach Seegers, contributor to MyLifeSports.com, joins me on the podcast. Uh, Zach, where can they find you on Twitter? And what have you been working on lately for MyLifeSports.com? They can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And then uh, I've just been previewing this Chiefs game. Got tons of content for that for any Broncos fans. Looking forward to that. Uh Looking at the keys to the game, uh, recently put out a new series with uh, Agnello where we're uh, uh, going over. He argues for why he thinks the Broncos are going to lose. I go over why they think I think they're going to win. All right. Let's get let's I tell you what, let's get right into, first of all, this first part of what a win would mean for this team and what a loss would mean for the team. But of course, it's presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Hey. That rooftop is just tremendous. Even on the chillier nights, it is heated. Keep that in mind. So great views and, of course, good people and, of course, great drinks. Go on over there. Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me, tap14.com. All right. A win. And all of a sudden, Denver is three and four. Winners of three straight, sending your division-leading Chiefs to a third straight loss and only a game out of the division but also a loss means you're two and five. You're back to the cellar, uh, a team that probably uh, understands they can't run with the best in the division and then is looking to sell off assets and maybe even look at Drew Locke for the future. Would you agree? Uh, to some extent, I think if they lose this one and then also lose the uh, Colts game, that could be a real problem. So we're then- not we're not completely shipping uh, shipping it away and punting on the season in a loss tonight. No, no, no. Cause I think if you're uh Elway and Fangio, this, this new regime, um, looking at, let's say you lose this week, you do drop to two and five, you have the Colts and Browns upcoming. And when, how this defense is playing, uh, I don't think you get freaked out after a loss to the chiefs. The chiefs are a better football team, even though I think the Broncos should win tonight. Uh, but if you do lose two and five, see how that Colts game goes, you lose that you still have time before the trade deadline, and then it becomes time to ship, uh, like sell all the assets, have a fire sale. Uh, I think because even if you lose this game, you could beat the Colts, beat the Browns. Now you're four and five, winners of four of your last five, um, with your lone loss being a Thursday night game to the Chiefs, who look to be one of the best teams in the AFC, even after losing two. Yeah, straight. see, I disagree with you, I, and I'm glad we disagree um, <laughs> because this season's over. Uh, two and five. You're talking about uh, the trade deadline coming up. You're talking about. Emmanuel Sanders, what can we get for this guy? He's not going to be around next year, let's be honest. What do we do with Chris Harris Jr.? That's the decision they have to make. 
based on how this season goes. Do you want to bring him on long-term? Do you want to think about the idea of, look, he could probably justify a pretty darn good draft pick? I, I think this is a critical game. This is this is a game that will dictate the season for a... Uh, and, and one of the games, I can't remember the last time, where we said about a team that had such a pendulum game. Like, like to me, this is season's over or you're in great position. Because again, after this game, there are two cupcakes. And, and maybe a cupcake is uh, putting it too lightly because there are no cupcakes in the NFL. But you are in really, really good shape. And then on top of that, you get a week and, and some change to get healthy with some of these guys who have been uh, kind of on the questionable mark for a long time. It could be a huge, huge pendulum game for the Denver Broncos, whether they win or lose. And, of course, uh, that means there are some keys to it. We're going to talk about our one key on offense and one on defense. Let's start on offense. For this Denver Broncos offense, to me, it's very, very clear. The Houston Texans ran for a buck 92 last week, and that was against 53 rushing yards for Kansas City. Their time of possession, they won by 19 minutes. I mean, that is a huge amount in the NFL, and this is still by the way, with the idea that Deshaun Watson threw two picks in that game. Now, again, it was a lot closer. It was a very close game, tight-knit game, in which Houston did have some offensive firepower to end that game, but that gives you an idea of the recipe. And even more so validating it, two weeks ago, the Indianapolis Colts, a buck 80 on the ground. They ran in a time of possession, 37-22. to 22. They had a 15-minute average, and they both ran the ball. Uh, when it comes to when both, I say Houston and Indy, both ran it 40-plus times, and both absolutely just destroyed Kansas City on the ground. I think the Colts gave you the blueprint because they knew that they couldn't throw to beat them against Jacoby Brissett. I think the Texans followed that game plan, and I really hope Denver does as well, too, because it has exposed Kansas City and the idea of how you can slow down and beat Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Well, especially with how historically bad that run defense has been. Yeah. I mean, it has been historically bad it's, it's dreadful uh and i think building off that point um the broncos have one of the top run games in the nfl uh the the colts and the texans don't the, the two top texans running backs carlos hyde and uh, duke johnson weren't even on the team week one of the preseason uh as far as the colts are concerned marlon max had a good season but he's by no means a superstar running back sure uh the, the broncos will have the best running game the chiefs have faced in this stretch and and even beyond those two games over their last four they're averaging 190 yards per game on the ground the broncos should easily go for over 200 and to that point it is going to be all about uh controlling the ball controlling time of possession um and, and that's why i think they'll be able to do that so easily my offensive key would be don't turn the ball over if you're going to play this ball control style of offense it limits the amount of possessions in the game making each one more valuable the Broncos tried to do this against Green Bay when they went up to Lambeau, and it would have worked if they didn't turn the ball over three times in that game and not get a single takeaway. I think you can maybe survive one turnover in this game. I think if Joe Flacco turned, or then the offense turns the ball, ball over twice, uh, game over for the Broncos. And and look, that's the thing is, even in the idea that they turn the ball over on offense, I wonder if they could still win this game though. That's that's how crazy really? the I think last they can two get weeks one, have been for Casey. If they if they get a, a takeaway or two, maybe. But they need this Chiefs offense. He sure, doesn't yes. turn the ball over a whole ton. 
And if if they lose the turnover battle, I think by two, it's it's done. It because has look, to be. Jacoby Brissett threw an interception in the Indy game when Indy beat the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Watson, of course, we talked about it through the two picks, but also at that same point, they did get takeaways as well too. So this is not one of those things. I'm not saying Denver's going to win the game if they're you know if they're negative three, negative four in the turnover differential. That they're obviously yeah. that's going to you could chalk that up as a loss. But look at home. Short week, I think, does benefit Denver in the idea that, look, oh, no they doubt. have to be the one that travels, which is a huge deal. I, I looked at this for uh, my PFF preview, which is another great article I'd recommend people check out before the game. Uh, home teams on Thursday night football this decade win 61% of the time. That's a 4% increase on the average NFL home field advantage uh, win, win percentage. Uh, also, like you said, this Chiefs defense has been on the field for about 40 minutes each of the last two weeks and against hard running games that were punching them in the in the teeth throughout the whole game. And they're a battered unit. They're down their top cornerback, their top running back, maybe down their second best cornerback. Uh, they're tired Sammy and Watkins traveling. Also on a short, not playing on the also, game as well. Absolutely. And so they're a tired team that's been on the field a ton these last two games, uh, traveling on a short week two mile high. Sounds like a very vulnerable team to me. Of course, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at TAP14. All right, our key coming up on defense. That's next. All right, so with the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at TAP14, we talked about the offense. We talked about uh, our our interview that is a really great one with Brian Billick. You're going to hear that coming up at the tail end of this podcast, but I want to get to this defense. What is the one key? And this is this is a tough one, Zach, because look, I don't and and Peyton uh, Peyton Manning is somebody who in the mid two thousands we always looked at as somebody that like you ju- you could never stop you can only contain and I think that's the way I look at Patrick Mahomes right now and that's really what the kind of echelon that I'm putting him in because he is that good because we talk about how you know a lot of national heads want to talk about how oh the Chiefs don't look the same over the last two weeks and. You know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been playing well. His completion percentage is in the 50s, yada, yada, yada. These are still two games they were in. These are still two games in which he threw four touchdowns and only one interception. Like, those are pretty good numbers. I think you would take all day, every day, and yet somehow that's the worst Patrick Mahomes possible that we've seen. Uh, this this kid is still dynamite. This is still an offense that can hit you for the deep plays. Obviously, the return of Tyreek Hill scoring two touchdowns last week is going to pose a problem. And that's where my big key is. And and I'm going to cover it in the secondary in general. I think they need to have really strong secondary play because this is a team that in Kansas City, they're a bit one-dimensional. Look, they haven't been able to run the football and they have very little talent on the wide receiver side outside of that one guy. And that one guy is Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. I think if you are Vic Fangio, I am asking Chris Harris Jr. And I am saying, hey, can you follow Tyreek Hill for the entire game? And if that answer is yes, which I assume Chris is up to it, I am, as Chris likes to say, I'm strap Harris, baby. I'm putting Chris Harris Jr. on Tyreek Hill all day, all game, because I want my best against their best. And I want to also note that a safety may be cheating over. Because look, a lot of these guys, without Sammy Watkins in this game, a lot of these games, a lot of these players, I think you can you can live with the idea that uh, your your fourth, fifth wide receiver on the opponent is beating you. I want to make sure Tyreek Hill is not beating me, and I want to make sure that my best is covering their best. And assuming Chris Harris Jr. was to do his job well, 
Then it's just simply containing Patrick Mahomes and making sure that, look, on those third and longs, you are not uh, allowing the the 15-yard scramble from Patrick Mahomes. So that's going to put a lot of emphasis on the linebackers and uh, knew what, what is now a stalwart of that defense in Alexander Johnson. If they can just contain the big weapons, I think you're going to limit the Chiefs to, to those big plays and they're a big play offense. And so all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, man, well, a big play offense is not scoring big plays. And how many points are they really going to put up on the road on a short week without a lot of their great talent? Absolutely. And I think you can, to your point, you can only limit Patrick Mahomes. You can only limit Tyreek Hill. You can only limit Travis Kelsey so much. You can't, it's very hard to totally take those guys out. Earlier teams were doubling Travis Kelsey, but it's a lot harder to do that when you also have to account for Tyreek Hill and how explosive he is. Uh, so what I what my key to the game is <laughs> my key for the game is you can't let these other guys go off. You can't let what, what does Devontae Harris do against a Demarcus Robinson, a Michael Hardman when he comes in? Uh, because I feel confident in the run defense shutting down the run game. I think Chris Harris, uh, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons can limit Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill enough. They will still get their yardage, their catches. Uh, whatever, because they are such talented players, and Patrick Mahomes is such a good quarterback. But are you allowing them to get these plays here and there, as well as the rest of the Chiefs' offense with Demarcus Robinson and Michael Hardman? Or does Devontae Harris, who has played good for the last two weeks, kind of shut those guys down? Because it doesn't matter if you're sh- shutting down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. If these other guys, Michael Hardman's a real player. He's not Travis Kelsey fast, or not Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill fast, but he's pretty dang close to it. Sure. Uh, it, it, Demarcus Robinson earlier this season was going off, and Andy Reid said he thinks he's a star in the making. So what else is this Chiefs offense doing to you, and can you limit it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, uh, with Sammy Watkins, I think the Sammy Watkins being out is a huge, 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 huge But they're deal. still deep at receiver. Oh, they are, absolutely. And look, I, I think when you are, it, it's kind of going back to the whole quarterback makes the wide receiver type deal. Mm-hmm. I have always said the moment you have a franchise quarterback or the moment you have a great quarterback, the Hardmans, yes. uh, you know, the, they become far. But I mean, let's be honest, the Sammy Watkins of the world, yeah. uh, somebody well, who was kind of a journeyman all throughout his NFL career. Now, all of a sudden, one of these explosive players because of what Patrick Mahomes brings. You know, we talk, we talk about this a lot with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady makes all, any wide receiver just coming off a, a 7-11 shift look really good. Peyton Manning turned Anthony Gonzalez into a, a big time player. So these great yeah. players at quarterback make the wide receiver. So certainly something to be watched, but I there's to me, there's just a sense of, and maybe it's a sense of security in the idea that, look, if you can shut down the bona fide um, star on that team in Tyreek Hill, and, and if you can limit Travis Kelsey, now all of a sudden, I think it's Patrick Mahomes thinking twice. It's meaning he has to go through multiple reads because obviously his, his first, second reads are going to be his most trustworthy guys. Now, all of a sudden, you give a little bit more time to that pass rush. And you, maybe, you know, and, and maybe a, a side note, uh, a, some, a side key, if you will, a guy who's got to show up is Von Miller. You know, and again, it's not so much in the stat, in, in the sack stat. It's more so in the idea that just, just bump Patrick Mahomes off, the, off his point. Like, make sure that you are at least getting to the point where he feels you where he knows that you're coming so that he's got to make a quick decision. And look, Patrick Mahomes has made some bad throws lately, and his completion percentage has not been very good. And honestly, at a on a very, what is hopefully a hostile crowd, 
on Thursday night, that could really benefit Denver. Absolutely. And I also think that, uh, to that point, Mahomes hasn't been himself. You touched on it a little bit, but he's dealing with an ankle injury. He is not 100%. And on a short week, I don't think he had enough time to fully heal. Uh, he's not Lamar Jackson by any means, but the mobility that he does have is a huge part of his game. He loves running around. He loves extending plays and running away from defenders. He hasn't really been able to do that as much these last few weeks. And it's also limited his throwing ability. He's down to 56% completion percentage over these last two weeks and just hasn't looked like the same guy. Uh, it, it also doesn't help that the whole left side of that Chiefs line is having to deal with backups. Eric Fisher is out, meaning they have to put Cam Irving in, who is also injured. He, had, he was limited in practice at least the first day of practice this week and isn't 100% himself. Also, they're missing their starting left guard, and so a backup will be in there. So, yes, Von Miller has to have a big game, but I think Malik Reed really has to come through in that left side of the Broncos' pass rush because that's the, where the weakness in this Chiefs' uh, offensive line is. But if Malik Reed works on that backup and Von Miller is able to work on Mitchell Schwartz and the right side of that Chiefs' offensive line, I think it could be a nightmare scenario for Patrick Mahomes quickly. And, w- and one other note that I, I think is important is that Vic Fangio, because he's such a football junkie, a total defensive mind, I feel like even last year when he was with the Bears, he was looking at Mahomes' film and thinking to himself, ooh, what am I going to do against this guy? And then he gets hired in January. He said nine, ten months thinking, how am I going to stop Patrick Mahomes? What am I going to do? He came up with a defensive scheme that's been shutting down the Rams for months and months and months, and teams have been copying it, and Sean McVay can't figure it out. I'm sure he's got something in his back pocket, something he's seen in Mahomes' game that he thinks is going to throw him for a loop. Well, I tell you what, if uh, there was ever a quarterback that you hired a head coach to beat, it's probably Patrick Mahomes, and that head coach is probably Vic Fangio. So it is going to be fun to watch to see what Vic Fangio does to try to shut down what is arguably the greatest young player right now in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. And, of course, it's going down at Empire Field at Mile High. Coming up Thursday night football, Broncos get an opportunity to pull within a game of this division, and they know exactly how much this matters. And I tell you what, if you're a head coach, I think you know how big of a win this could be. And somebody who was a head coach in the NFL, now an analyst, Join me on my morning show, and you can catch that morning show, by the way, uh, every Monday through Friday. That is locally here in Denver on FM 1047. And, of course, at AM 1340, streaming live at MileHighSports.com every uh, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. So uh, that's 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time for our East Coast friends, 9 a.m. as well, too. So be sure to check that out. We're always talking Broncos and Denver sports, but, of course, Uh, Also get the opportunity to talk to uh, some of our good friends around the league. And one of our friends is Brian Billick, who I asked about Patrick Mahomes. We talked about uh, many of the uh, hot topics around the NFL, including the officiating. He's got some interesting questions surrounding that. Here's our interview with Brian Billick. Welcome back to the show, 303-831-1340. As we head out to the hotline, the Interstate Roofing Hotline, bring in Brian Billick, the coach, joining me. Coach, uh, good morning. Welcome, welcome, and uh, thanks for coming back on with us. Sure thing. Uh, Let's talk about Get Roman. GetRoman.com forward slash coach. Your first free visit. uh, uh, You're a big backer of this. 
I am. I'm, I'm enjoy- I love the partnership I have with Get Roman because I think it's important. Guys over 40, over a two-year period of time, tend not to go to, to the doctors. Over 50% haven't had a doctor's visit, and there's just so much going on. Uh, GetRoman.com is the perfect avenue uh, to get expert medical care. They're a U.S. licensed physician. They can prescriptions by the doctor can be delivered uh, genuine medications, and that's important within uh, two days. It's online. It's private. Uh, it's real simple. You go to GetRoman.com, put slash coach, and your first visit is free. It's the perfect avenue for guys, particularly like me, that are in an age where, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff to stay on top of, whether it's ED, whether it's hair loss, cold sores. There's just a lot of things that you mm-hmm. need professional access to, and GetRoman.com is the way to do it. By the way, speaking of uh, staying on top of things, we've been uh, watching the NFL landscape here, and, and I, I, it's unfortunate that we have to start this by talking about the officiating. Uh, obviously Detroit and Green Bay in that game, several calls. Look, all year long, and, and Denver fans certainly know here in Denver, uh, the situation of Bradley Chubb landing on Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, what do you think of this officiating? How can it be fixed? You know what? I, I and, and, again, I have no love for officials. They got $75,000 yes. in my money, okay? <laughs> so it's not like I'm going to defend them, but but I think – we, we say the same thing every year, don't we? By mid-October, it's, oh, my God, the officiating, it's so terrible. We need to add an official. We need to make them full-time officials. We've got to fix this. All in all, I think they do a pretty good job. And, and really? yeah, there's going to be mis- – look, there's, there's, there's mistakes made. I get that. And th- this is a fast-moving game. It's getting more and more complex. Sure. Um, and, and I don't – at the end of the day – whether it's good or not, I think it's about as good as it can be. And it's an imperfect game. Yeah, there's mistakes to be made. I actually think the pass interference rule, which I was very, very pessimistic about, yes. particularly when I sat and listened to it explained, I thought, oh, boy, this is not going to go well. But I think what everybody settled into is understanding, look, look we want to remove the egregious error. Mm-hmm. The Rams, Saints, Saints hit, got it. Yes. Right, exactly right. We're not going to get caught in the minutia of overturning the, 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 the minor stuff. Like sure. we say, you could call holding on every play in the offensive line. You yes. can call pass interference on every play. Okay. And, but we don't want to – I don't know that we want to be there as fans. We want to see that game. We certainly want ours. And if, if you look at a pass interference and in Miami, they, you know, they see it one way. And in New England and Denver, they see another. Then the call was probably right. It's there to remove the egregious. That's the way the replay system was originally installed. We don't want to have a guy step out of bounds and, and score a touchdown. We don't want the ball bouncing in. We don't want someone laying on the half-yard line called for a touchdown. We then evolved into maybe looking at more and more minutia that gets very frustrating. So I think when, when people want to complain about the officiating, I get it. But what's the alternative is there a remedy? And right now, I don't think there is because I think we've got it about as good as it can get, as imperfect as it is. You can find him on Twitter, Coach Billick. Uh, Coach Brian Billick joining me on the show. This is a pendulum game, I like to call it, for the Denver Broncos. They could either be 2-5, and five, really realistically, looking at the future. Drew Locke uh, potentially trading away some veterans. Or they could be 3-4 and four and only a game out of the division. If you are Vic Fangio today and you are trying to get your guys hype, what are you telling them? That, that look at the film. Look how many close games we've had. Look at the mistakes we've made. Can we get these corrected? 
And that's exactly what Vic's doing right now. Can we fix? Can we not make these four or five mistakes in this game and therefore not lose by two points to Jacksonville? You know, not lose by two points to Chicago. Not lose by, by, by less than a touchdown, um, obviously, in, in the, uh, uh, in, in the uh, uh, Oakland game. So, or, or I should say a, a yeah, the touchdown, two-point yep. conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the point I'm getting is, are we, are we that close? Yes, we are. And you want to hold on to that. Whether, and right now, it's really not about what, whether we're going to make the playoffs or not the playoffs. That has nothing to do with right now. Can we get better? And, and those other things may happen. We may make some changes, and we may go to this guy or that guy. But as a team, can we get better, both for now and for what it means going forward? And that's exactly where his focus is going to be. You coached in the same conference as uh, some guy named Peyton Manning. He was, he was pretty good through the main uh, mid two thousands, um, and and I talk about this a lot this week when it comes to pay, when it comes to um, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and he has entered this level for me that the Broncos need to play a time of possession game and keeping the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes because that's what the Texans and Colts did over the last two weeks. They they won the time of possession by fifteen plus uh, minutes by running the football. Um, is that where we're at? How do you contain Patrick Mahomes? Um, because I'm not sure if you ever stop him anymore because we talk about how he's had such a poor game over the last two games, but he's got four touchdowns and a pick as well too. And, 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 and is still putting up good numbers. Yeah. I'm, I'm not much one for saying, okay, now here's the book on this team or that guy, or here's the prototype, but you're exactly right. All Dick Fangio has to do is look at the last two games. When you see that Houston and Indianapolis had ran the ball 40 plus times, better than 180 yards rushing each and had better than 37 minutes of time of possession. That's exactly what you've got to do to Kansas city because Patrick Mahomes, they're going to get their yards. They're going to get their scores. uh, And and you got to, that's exactly the formula you have to have. Now Denver's going to have to do it a little bit better than they did against Tennessee. They only ran for about 103 yards and obviously it was a good win, but they're going to need need a lot more to keep it balanced. When they get in the red zone, they got to have touchdowns, not field goals. And if they work that combination like Indianapolis did, obviously Houston and Deshaun Watson went off and had a huge game in in complement to what we're talking about. Um, But Indianapolis with Jacoby Brissett, I I believe Denver has similar assets to Indianapolis to do the same thing. Because that that Kansas City defense, rush defense, is vulnerable. I did a bit on this on Playbook yesterday. It'll show up today on the NFL Network in a couple different time slots where you can see they're, they're just not very good. The separation between the linebackers and the defensive line, the, the linebackers are hesitant. They're getting contact four, three and four yards deep. The line is coming off and getting to these linebackers. They're missing tackles. They're not aligning into gaps. There are some huge gaps in both the Houston and the Indianapolis game that I believe Denver can, can manipulate because I don't think Kansas City's comfortable with building the box. They don't want to play a plus one defense because they don't have the confidence in their secondary to hold up. So they're playing with a light box and they're just not holding up. So yeah, I think the, the plan is clear cut for Denver. Speaking with coach Brian Billick, uh, quickly before we get out of here, they were talking about the uh, CBA yesterday, uh, Roger Goodell and um, 17 games apparently involved in that next CBA. Your thoughts? Uh, sure. We'll see. We'll see how you wrap around it at some point. Uh, to elongate the season, um, 
yeah, you're going to have to look at. I mean, we already now get to the end of the season, the last couple of weeks, where a lot of teams aren't playing for anything. Yeah. You want to avoid that. Does that is that compounding the problem, or does it help? Um, I think at some point, yeah, the players. I mean, you got to pay now. You're not you're not going to just add a game and and not pay the players for that game. And so you're going to add one seventeenth or one sixteenth to the margins that you're talking about. You probably, as we are creeping up on more games. We probably need to increase the roster size or the developmental squad, Agreed. Uh, practice squad size. So I'm sure all of this will be addressed. Uh, and then lastly, what do you think about Thursday night football? Of course, the Broncos playing tonight. Well, you know, I got you know, you got to keep in mind who I work for now. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love <laughs> Thursday night football. I love, yeah. Now, I love me, Thursday night years. football. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing since. Uh, ask me as a coach and. No, I don't. I don't like. I don't like playing on a short short week. I don't think it's good for the players. I think sometimes, and it's unavoidable, but there are competitive advantages. You try to keep the schedule as balanced as you can, based on the way it's built out in terms of how you finish and whatever. But if I've got to play in the division at home, get to play a, a division game at home versus on the road versus what happened the week before and where I have to travel. I, I think it adds. I, so, you know, all in all, now, look, I'm, I'm a coach. I want to play every game at 1 o'clock. Uh, I'm not even sure I want the fans there. You know, I want, this, I want this rarefied atmosphere that keeps my players focused, and I can keep a routine for them. So, you know, obviously I'm biased from that standpoint, from the coaching standpoint. But as a fan, as someone in the media now, oh, yeah, I think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Tremendous. Hey, you know what's another great thing is get Roman. Ain't that right, Coach? You got it. Got to do it. Got to take care of ourselves. Get to this age. Uh, GetRoman.com. Get online and get this stuff taken care of. All right. Very good. Coach Brian Billick, thank you so much. Always great to catch up with you. Really appreciate it. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Coach Brian Billick, uh, appreciate him joining the show. Appreciate all your uh, tweets as well and texts. Uh, of course, all eyes on the Broncos and Chiefs tonight for Thursday Night Football. Uh, but we're all done for the show. Smile High Morning Show is coming up next. If you missed that interview or caught the tail end, uh, that'll be up at MileHighSports.com here shortly. So we are all done. Uh, be sure to follow on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. We'll be um, getting into the nitty gritty for this Broncos game. I'll be down at uh, Empire Field at Mile High covering the game post game as well, too. And then, of course, we'll be back 7 a.m. Tomorrow morning to wrap up the week, talk about a Broncos win or a Broncos rebuild. It is one or the other. Kyle, quickly, you got a Broncos win? I got like 24-23 Denver. Mm. I want to say this is going to be really close. I'm thinking somewhere in the realm of like 23-22. Like Denver's defense holds strong at the end, something like that. I don't know. All right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Smiley Morning Show coming up next. We'll see you. So, again, big thank you to Brian Billick for joining us uh, on the radio show. And, again, you can catch that radio show every Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mile High Sports. And, of course, that locally distributed here in Denver on the radio platform. That's FM 1047, AM 1340. Or you can find it streaming for anybody across the world at Mile High Sports. Zach Seegers joining me on the podcast. Zach, uh, give me a final prediction. Do you think the Broncos pull this one out? I do. I I felt more and more confident about it as the week went on, and I looked at the game more and more. 
Uh, I initially said 24-23, but I think there's a good chance this Broncos defense really limits the Chiefs' offense. I'm going to say 24-20 now. Broncos. I think this is a a game in which uh, the Denver Broncos, I, I, I do have the Broncos winning this game. I think it's going to be very tight. And I think this may be a game where the law of averages balances out. The the Broncos get a big call. The Broncos get a turnover that kind of bounces their way. You know, something happens in which finally the the Broncos can say, oh, man, um, it's not always going against us finally. You know, it's not always a pass interference with, you know, 20 seconds left on the final drive that kills us. I think the home field advantage is huge. I think Sammy Watkins being out is gigantic. And the fact that, look, this Chiefs offense has not been firing on all cylinders and maybe a little bit of limited mobility, that could be a big deal as well, too. And I think Denver understands how big this game is and the idea that they can pull within a uh, a game, really a half game, if you will, because they'll own the tiebreaker over the Chiefs and certainly could be uh, interesting how that sets up the rest of the year. Zach, what are you working on at MyLifeSports.com, and where can they uh, find your work? After the game, uh, I'll have a, a three-up, three-down, looking at the three stars and the uh, three uh, not-so-stars of the game. And uh, I'm also working on a what's-on-draft this week, uh, looking at more draft topics. All righty. If they lose, that what's-on-draft is going to be very popular because, of course, uh, we'll probably be looking towards the 2020 season looking at draft picks, punting on veterans, punting on the season, and then probably saying to herself, hey, how's that Drew Locke guy? Is he healthy yet? So big, big game coming up Thursday night as the Broncos take on the Chiefs at home at Empire Field at Mile High. We are all done for the podcast. By the way, I want to give a little shout out. Hey, happy retirement, Brock Osweiler, former Bronco, probably wouldn't have won Super Bowl 20, uh, excuse me, Super Bowl 50 in 2015 without Brock Osweiler, who walks away on a, $41.4 $41.4 million bank account, a uh, little cushion. That's pretty good. Hey, happy retirement to Brock Osweiler, the former quarterback of the Denver Broncos. All done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. If you uh, missed any podcast, well, you can check it out at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com, where, of course, we are streaming live with that radio show that I am on every single weekday morning, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, and of course, locally here at MyLifeSports.com, uh, MyLifeSports Radio, 104.7 and AM 1340. We are all done. Appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully, we are talking about a Broncos win tomorrow morning on the podcast. But for Zach, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. We appreciate you tuning in to a podcast from Mile High Sports. You can find more info, breaking news, player profiles, All the good stuff on the Broncos at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.